Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch The Muppets Take Manhattan two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And our special guest this week is an old pal who joined us last season to talk about The Great Muppet Caper. He's back with us this season. Guest, please tell us who you are. Hey, everybody. I'm Peter Papazoglu. I am uh, occasional, very occasional Tough Pigs uh, article writer, a one-time Muppet Wiki co-founder, father of two, and returning guest! Welcome back. Hey! <laughs> father of two budding Muppet fans, I would say. Is that... Absolutely, yeah. This is actually the... Um, we've been watching them in sequence. We do a Friday night movie night in uh, in quarantine, and we cycle through who gets to pick. And so we've watched the Muppet movie and the Great Muppet Caper so far, but we have not yet gotten to Muppets Take Manhattan. Right. That's that's interesting. So they your kids were on board with the sort of slower pace of the Muppet movie? They they liked the Muppet movie. They won't <laughs> they request not to rewatch it mostly because of the scary frog killing parts. Yeah. Um sure, sure. But um but generally speaking, they you know they really like them. Even Great Muppet Caper, which was definitely a little slow in the um, highbrow. Uh, is it highbrow lane? Highbrow street. Yeah, the parts that you highbrow don't street. understand why they're funny when you're a kid. Right, and Peter Falk. Like the Peter Falk <laughs> bit comes very yeah. soon after that, and you're just like, what is even going on? If you're five, yeah, yeah. Um, but then you have the ballet, and you've got you know, stepping out with a star when the first time it happens came on my oldest daughter, uh, she leaned over and she said, they should play this at weddings. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, you, as, as you might know, that was our first dance at my wedding. I didn't know that, but I, yeah, I told it, her, I said, I said, I know people who I am sure played it at their wedding. Yeah. Yeah. It was our first dance. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, yeah. So we're not talking about the Great Muppet Caper today. No, we're not talking at all. about minutes seventeen and eighteen of the Muppets Take Manhattan, in which Kermit meets Pete and Jenny, and Pete gives Kermit a pep talk. So um, we open with uh, Kermit going to try to order some food for the whole gang at Pete's luncheonette, and then uh, he we, we see Pete, the namesake of Pete's luncheonette. He's assuring the customers that they're going to get their beef patty and their cow juice. Um, this is, I guess, diner lingo for milk. It's not the last time we will hear diner lingo in this movie. Um, we talked a little bit about Louis Zorick as Pete already, but I wanted to mention um, this, this one thing I found. There was a profile on him in the New York Daily News on May 13th, 1984, which was mostly about his stage work. But this movie was about to come out, so he talks a little bit about that. Uh, it says, The big burly actor is laughing so hard, talking about the Muppets, that tears come into his eyes. There's this one scene when I'm working with Kermit. We finish. Frank Oz, the director, comes over and says with a straight face, Lewis, I just didn't believe in that scene. The conviction wasn't there. I said, as diplomatically as I could, Frank, I'm working here with puppets. My God, Frank, I'm playing with puppets. Then the actor burst into <laughs> laughter again. 
Well, so. it's 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 funny to hear him say that because I feel like he does make this stuff seem really genuine. Like, he does. He gives it the gravity it deserves. It needs. Like like Pete could easily have just been like a broad, you know, stereotype like you know, immigrant restaurant owner man, but he seems like a real guy, I feel like. And it's because of, of Lewis George. I mean, he, he is both of those things. Well, no, 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 of course he is. <laughs> but I mean, like, he seems more like one you might encounter in real life than than he could have in a Muppet movie easily. He pairs the absurdity of the lines that he has given, which are absurd, with Correct. just absolute sincerity and in that way it's just so very muppety yeah Yeah, good point yeah you do feel like though like you could walk into a a diner in manhattan and actually see this guy so uh pete is asking rizzo where jenny is um oh also i noticed a sign over the door to the kitchen that says pete's egg creams um i always associate egg creams for like I don't know. I guess I didn't really. I wasn't aware of egg creams much growing up, but I associate them with episodes of Sesame Street that I have since seen from the old days, the early seasons with Mister Hooper, where he was making egg creams. Sure. So, um, I, I have a feeling. I don't know. I, I feel like Mister Hooper probably made a better egg cream than Pete, but who knows. I- I think um, you should write a Tough Pigs article about this theory. Well, I also should because um, a while back we had a conversation about egg creams on the Tough Pigs forum, and um, our mutual friend Jess Evans and I ended up going to Junior's in Times Square to have an egg cream experience there oh, to nice. see if we actually liked them. So, and I mean, look, out- the reason that Mr. Hooper probably makes a better egg cream is because probably Masterson the rat is making Pete's egg creams. <laughs> right, yes, that'll happen. Yeah, <laughs> a little later. So, True. Um, anyway, but but it turned out I do like egg creams. So, oh, good for those who might be wondering. Uh, Kermit asks <laughs> Pete for a menu. Pete says, "Is special today Yankee bean soup with spoon." Good joke. <laughs> it's such a good joke. Yeah. Well, and I, I also love when Kermit asks to see a menu. Pete gets this little smile. Like, he's just so pleased that this frog is asking him for a menu. You know, mm. he, even before he says Yankee bean soup with spoon, he's just like giving a menu to a frog. All right, let's do this. Yeah. Here, here we go. Well, and the you frog know? is so eager that he doesn't even wait for a waiter to come to the table. He just walks right up to the counter. Well, the waiter already came to their table and then ran away when he learned that they didn't have any money. He was, that's true. Yeah. The, the waiter so, left in a huff. Yeah. Was, was the, was, was the, was, waiter the Rizzo in the prior scene or was it a human waiter? No, it was Rizzo. Yeah. Rizzo. Rizzo it comes was Rizzo. Up. Yeah. Rizzo comes up and does his whole like sob story about how he has, you know, all these mouths to feed. Right. Him. And then Fozzie Cause... says, Fozzie says, we don't have any money either. And Rizzo says, sorry, not my table. <laughs> Cause I only got the two minute clip. And when he says Rizzo and then it cuts to Rizzo and he turns around, it, it almost has the feel of like a reveal scene because remember like Rizzo was not, a big thing on the Muppet show. He wasn't, he was, you know, featured very, you know, um, in a very small way in Muppets, uh, the great, great Muppet capers. Yeah. I feel like this was his real, real breakout. It, yeah. yeah, this is, yeah. Is. Oh yeah. I think for the general public, this is where Rizzo starts, right? Like, right. He's yeah. not, he's, he's not part of the classic. He's like the first 
post-classic Muppet, kind of. Yeah, it, it's weird. Like the first, I mean, yeah, it's weird because he was on the Muppet Show, but it feels like he became part of the main cast after the Muppet Show. Yeah, and it's kind of like how I feel like, you know, Beauregard wasn't really a thing by the time that the Muppets movie was being, the Muppet movie was being made, but then he was much more prominent in, in the great Muppet caper. And then you sort of like add Rizzo on top of that come. And then the Beauregard has disappeared. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think we found out he like the Beauregard puppet had just been built when they shot the final, the finale of the Muppet movie with all those characters i I think he's actually in there although he had not yet been in an episode of the muppet show that had aired on tv yet i think that's a deal but yeah yeah and and, and of course we should well maybe we shouldn't mention but (laughs) beauregard and rizzo both appear in the two most recent muppet films as the subject of a you never see this guy anymore joke (laughs) that's true yeah beauregard in the 2011 movie they find beauregard in the the closet where he's apparently just been hanging out in the closet for decades. Right. And and then Rizzo gets indignant that he wasn't in the previous movie in Muppets Most Wanted. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, those are both solid gags. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys like uh, Yankee Bean Soup? I never had it. Oh. Um, it's good. Is it it's... like a, a white bean? Is it just like a white bean soup sort of thing? It is. Uh... Like a red? Is it like a red creamy sort of? I, I, I know I've, I've had it. Had it. I, I feel like I've had it at like a church covered dish dinner kind of, you know, oh, I probably have too. And just didn't um, know what it was. It is a couple different kinds of beans, Navy beans. I guess you can have different kinds of beans in it. Um, you know, bacon, I was onion, carrot, celery. I remember this one time I was going to have it, but then no spoon. Uh, <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. You were at the wrong diner. I, re- I remember one time I went to a diner and got 11 free bowls of Yankee bean <laughs> soup. Yeah. So um, the door of the diner opens <clears throat> and a young woman comes in. She says, sorry, I'm late, Pop. So we know now that this is Pete's daughter and that this must be the aforementioned Jenny. Now, Jenny is played by Juliana Donald. Uh, she is sometimes credited as just Julie Donald. This is her feature film debut. Uh, her other credits, uh, her film credits include The Purple Rose of Cairo, the Dragnet uh, movie spoof with Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks, Brain Donors, which is a pretty good homage to the Marx Brothers, and yeah. a, a Civil Action with John Travolta and Robert Duvall. Uh, did you have another thought on Brain Donors, Anthony? <laughs> Just uh, that I agree, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and then her TV credits include Murder, She Wrote, Melrose Place, Babylon 5, The X-Files, Monk, um, more recently, How to Get Away with Murder, and also both Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And that Deep Space Nine episode that she's in is really good. It's one of the Wallace Shawn ones. So. Oh. Yeah, so that's, I mean, she doesn't have a ton of IMDb credits, but the ones that she does have are pretty, you know. She was apparently also in a good. non-canonical Star Trek video game, I think. Oh, yeah, I did right? see that listed on her Wikipedia page. It, it's non-canonical, meaning it's like, it doesn't. I don't know. The, the, continuity. It's just a game. The, 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 whatever the Star Trek version of the Wikipedia is told me. Uh, the, the Star Wars Star Trek version of Wikipedia is called the Memory, Memory Alpha. Alpha. I can yeah. tell you off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm. I knew that you would be able to. 
Yeah, I like when they do creative names and it's not just like so and so wiki. Yeah. And, yeah, our um, wiki sucks. <laughs> well, no, Muppet no, wiki. it's a good but, one. No, but but it's it's nice that on April Fool's Day it becomes Muppet Waka, which is that I like that. Yeah. That's pretty cute. Yeah. And then it goes back to being Muppet Wiki. Yeah. Um, um she also we should mention Juliana Donald now re- retired from acting runs a fine jewelry business called Eco and the Bird which you can find on Facebook and Instagram. So Oh yeah, we should link to that. Mm-hmm. Eco and in, the in, Bird. In in yes. unrelated what these muppet people are doing now, I was at the playground the other day where I live uh and I saw somebody through the corner of my eye and I looked at them and they looked at me in that way of like, I think you might know who I am, but I don't want you to say anything to me. And they kept walking. And I was almost sure it was Allison Bartlett uh, from Sesame Street. And oh. I, so I texted Joe. I was like, does Allison Bartlett live, you know, in my neighborhood? And he's, he's like, how am I supposed to know? And I said, you're supposed to. <laughs> I said, you're supposed to know. And then the other day, I was just scrolling through some like real estate listing. Somebody posted something on the neighborhood Facebook group, and it turns out she's a realtor in my neighborhood. Oh, was that right? Wow. So it absolutely was her, and she absolutely did not want anybody to point at her next she to the didn't... playground and say, "It's Gina it's... from Sesame Street." Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You, right. you made the right call. <laughs> next time, next time I won't. Or you could, yeah, very quietly walk up and say, "I'm a big fan of your work with Telly yeah. Monster." <laughs> Man. Whatever happened to baby Marco? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How old would Marco be now? Uh 15ish, 14. Yeah. Baby Marco was that's like 2006. It's season season 37, which I should know because I reviewed that for Tough Picks. Hmm. Wow. Maybe they'll maybe they'll bring Gina and Marco back for a very special episode someday. Gina was in the 50th anniversary special. She was, but without Marco. But right, but she had that great scene with Julia, which was was nice because it felt like Gina just lives on the street all the time and hangs yeah. out with Julia. Yeah, that was yeah, nice. Didn't, nice. didn't like Julia's daycare like rip out her veterinary uh, <laughs> office? Isn't that where it used to be? Yeah, the yeah. the uh, community center on the new the community street center, but is, but the is where veterinarian out of a job. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> or you know, who knows? Maybe she relocated. Maybe she lives around the corner now. Maybe she lives in Peter's neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, she moved. And she's a realtor. Uptown right. or downtown or wherever that might be in relation to where Sesame Street is actually located. Right. <clears throat> um, so, uh, yeah. I'll so never I also, tell. What was that? <laughs> I'll never tell. Oh, no, don't. <laughs> Does um, anyone know what that's from? That's, uh, that is from the movie Don't Say a Word. With Brittany Murphy. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh, one. you got it. Who was that? Was that Michael Douglas? I don't know. Was I didn't guy... see the movie. I only know the. Com- I, I just from the commercials. Yeah. Twenty years later, I'm it still saying it. Every commercial, every trailer. I think Michael Douglas was like the psychologist who was working with her, and she was traumatized. That sounds plausible. And, oh. yeah. I, I never know what she wouldn't tell. I saw. I saw a little black book, but I didn't see that one. All right. What, Ryan? Everyone, go out and watch. Uh, uh, don't say a word. <laughs> um yes so juliana donald uh in in looking stuff up about her i also found a photo of her with jim henson which appears to be at one of his masked balls that he would uh host at the i can't i don't know did he host these at the henson townhouse probably not but he liked to host these masked balls um in this picture i sent it to, to you guys i don't know if you 
happened to look at it. I but, did, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Jim is wearing this sort of feathery tiara thing, and um, uh, Juliana Donald has these large, like, oversized novelty sunglasses clipped to her shirt. So I guess it's possible it was just a, a party, and that's just the kind of thing they did at a Henson party. But um, I mean, he kind of looks like he's wearing fizz gig on his head. It could have been a could have been like a prototype of fizz gig. So, uh, yeah, I will either, you know, it's it's from the get, or maybe a little, or maybe a little bit of that weird. What's that devil bird from the Alice Cooper episode? Oh, that's Miss Piggy. Well, I know that's Miss Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it's called. Other than Um, than is her name Beaky? Beaky, that puppet. I think so. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure everyone. I've seen that. Although, I don't know, is that? Yeah, that one's on DVD, right? That's season three, yeah. 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 yeah I, I watched that one with my girls. That was, you know, an interesting choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alice my, Cooper my sings di- a romantic uh, ballad with a very strange-looking Muppet creature, and then it turns out that it's Miss Piggy, and she's been, like, transmogrified into this creature. Yeah. Well, she did sell her soul to the devil, but then she decided against it. Right. What a great app. I should fire that up right <laughs> after we finish recording. Uh, oh, I was going to say, I... I'm, Maybe I'll put that photo in the show notes, but it's one of those Getty Images things, so it always feels kind of like cheap because you're really supposed to, you know, pay like a hundred dollars to license it. But maybe I'll just put a link to it in the show notes. Um. Anyway, um, so oh yeah, another thing I wanted to mention as we're just meeting the character of Jenny uh, in the March seventh, nineteen eighty three draft of the screenplay she when she enters she's described as being very pretty and fresh looking so (laughs) in your opinion is jenny fresh looking i that seems like a strange way to describe a human being i don't know yes she's not past her expiration date she is fresh i bet that actresses all over the world are used to looking at themselves being described in in terms like those i'm sure that's right being compared to to making me very uncomfortable yeah yeah it was a different time although probably not different enough probably not yeah uh jenny also says hello to a customer named fran on her way in which is just a nice touch i I just like the idea that kind of this is a neighborhood place where everyone knows each other she does she feels at home there you know she does her little like mr rogers thing she she puts on her waitress clothes i mean she probably she probably grew up at the restaurant right like oh yeah this doesn't seem like a recently opened place we never see them at home right 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 yeah yeah maybe they don't have a home maybe they live in the restaurant with six rats (laughs) yeah uh, so Jenny excitedly tells Pete that she thinks she did great on the test she just she, that she just took. It was all essay questions. She thinks she did great. Can we talk about all essay questions, no sweat, and how that's garbage? No sweat, right? <laughs> like, like my whole life. Because, like, here's the thing: I was like a good test taker as a kid. But you're doing air that, quotes when you say good I'm doing test air taker. quotes, when I, and and I like you know I did well in tests. Um, but essays are the worst. If you have multiple choice questions, they take a second. If you have true and false, they take a second. If you have essays, you got to sit there and compose your thoughts. Even if you know the answer, it takes way longer to write. And I'm yeah. like, I write for Tough Pigs now. I still enjoy writing things, but it's way worse than checking a box. <laughs> no, finding out all essay is, is it's the like being exam. my yeah. first my first midterm in college was for chemistry 101, and it was all essays. 
Ugh. And it's for chemistry, nightmare, for right? chemistry, and then it, it was a nightmare to start. But I felt like okay, I'm like you know putting enough things together, and then the scores come back, and it turns out he was grading it all on you know full credit, half credit, or no credit, which he had not said in advance, uh-huh. which my educational curriculum expert wife now would say is a big no-no. And I got like a D on it because I got, you know, zero credit on three essay questions and like half credit on one. I was like, I wrote two pages and there were definitely facts in there. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. That's the worst. Yeah, That's I had I had a professor in college, as long as we're on the topic, who all of his quiz, every book we read in British literature, we had a quiz And they were always formatted like this, the worst. The first half was um, multiple choice questions that were, it was a closed book. And it was like about very small details that you didn't notice from reading an entire 300 page book in one week. Mm. Right. And then the second half was essays, but it was open book. And it was always like the professor would write, my opinion is this using page citations. Tell me why you think this. You know, like why you think I'm right. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like, no, it should be the opposite. We should have open book for the, for the like small detail, multiple choice questions. And we should have closed book for the essay, like about our opinion. You know what I mean? Like, right. Anyways. But I think it's, I think it's supposed to make her seem a little sort of like, you know, quirky, like all essays. Well, yeah. Yeah. She's a go-getter. Right, exactly. And Jenny is not going to become like a very three-dimensional character, but we're getting uh, a sense of her personality kind of as much as, as much as we ever will right here. She's very optimistic and upbeat and, you know, just perky. So that's, yeah, she's, she's going to be the, that kind of friend and, um, you know, give, give that, yeah, that kind of encouragement to Kermit and the show. So she starts to uh, begin her shift as a waiter. Uh, Rizzo tells Jenny she can take the weirdos at table four. And it cuts to Gonzo looking around and saying, I wonder which one is table four. Yeah, but he knows. Gonzo knows. You think he's just messing. I think Gonzo knows which one is table four. And he's doing a bit. Oh, I don't think think that he is. You don't? I don't think Gonzo's that delusional. I don't. The way Gonzo he plays it, though. Gonzo thinks he's so normal, though. Yeah, I guess so. I suppose that's right. I mean, I, I guess that kind of shifts sometimes. But the way he plays it here, I, it does seem like he doesn't know who the weirdos are. Yeah. But... The weir- <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting way to interpret it, though. Um, I like how all the Muppets are just kind of crowded into this one booth and there's not enough room so gonzo camilla and zoot and animal i'll have to sit on top of the booth <laughs> right I, lo- I love how organic the conversation is especially when zoot sort of like wakes up and they're like you know yeah go back to go back to bed zoot yeah yeah so that's when they start talking about um oh i was gonna say though that means the the puppeteers like whoever has their hand in zoot is probably in a an uncomfortable position squeezed inside that little opening on top of the the booth there uh but yeah so they're they're starting to talk about kermit's speech outside about how they tried and they failed scooter says all the producers looked at them like they were from outer space and that's when zoot perks up actually wakes up because he's been (laughs) napping 
Uh, he goes, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Dr. T says, no, man, go back to sleep. Nobody's landed. Which is which is a great joke, but also is one that only works because this movie is low-key and more realistic, I feel like. Because, like, on The Muppet Show, aliens could show up and did. Aliens okay. did, yes. You, you know? And, like, in a later Muppet movie, aliens also will show up and That's have a song number. Huh. Like, Interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not... But in this movie, where like they just graduated from college and like live in bus lockers because they're they don't have any money, like it works, you know. Right. Like we we know aliens aren't going to show up, so it works as a joke. It's actually more like the kind of joke that they did on the Muppets 2015 series. Yeah, that's little, true. Yeah, it's definitely the more. It's definitely more like you know, haha, Zoot burned his brain out on drugs. Yeah, Zoot's character <laughs> right, is played right. in a similar way. Yeah. Yeah. So Kermit uh, is ordering 11 bowls of soup. You know, I forgot to count. Is, is that all of them, including Camilla? Does that mean Camilla gets her own bowl of soup? Do, do they get a discount for, for no spoon for Camilla? <laughs> <laughs> probably Animal doesn't need a spoon either, right? No, he, he probably wouldn't. I mean, I guess... He's going to drink that. It's soup. He's like, he's like the beast eating his porridge and beauty and the beast. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm Except... Not... I'm not going to stop but, and count them all right now, but I'm sure someone out there uh, is is uh, counting them mentally. And they will let us know. So please <clears throat> yes. do. Probably doesn't include Camilla, right? Because it's Kermit, Piggy, Fozzie, Gonzo, Scooter, Rolf, and then the Electric Mayhem makes 11. Yeah, I suppose so. Okay. Maybe Camilla doesn't eat soup. Maybe, Maybe not. She, she just feed. Yeah, and worms out of the ground. Yeah, she eats worms out of the ground, I bet. <laughs> yes, and whatever else chickens eat. Uh, so Kermit has to tell Pete that although they have a, a show, a musical, is going to be a big hit on Broadway, right now they don't have any money. And that's when Jenny gets called away by a customer, and Pete delivers his famous speech to Kermit. This, When you talk about this movie, this is one of the things that people remember the most, I think, about it. Which is remarkable, considering that not only is this not a Muppet delivering this line, this is actually not a celebrity cameo, even. This is just a guy, just an actor. Yeah, it's just a character actor, yeah. Yeah, doing the speech. Um, Before I quote the whole thing, there's part of it where he says... So to me, it sounds like he says, not city open... But when I looked it up in a couple places, it's been uh, quoted several times as not city only. I was going to ask if anybody has an official script, because I thought he said not city open as well. Yeah, actually, you know, I should check. I didn't think to check that in the uh, in the draft, in the draft, but I will. I'll start looking for that in the background. Um, <clears throat> but what he says is. I tell you what is big city. Hmm. Live, work, huh? But, not city open, is peoples. Peoples is peoples. No is buildings. Is tomatoes, huh? Is peoples. Is dancing. Is music. Is potatoes. So, peoples is peoples. Okay? Beautiful delivery. Brilliant words of wisdom. (laughs) It's great. Yeah, I'm actually not sure what it's supposed to mean if it's actually supposed to mean anything i mean people's is people's is definitely that is a a wise uh a wise 
bit of uh, a turn of phrase. Well, and I think I think Just, Noah's buildings also. I mean, here's the thing: corporations aren't people. All right, Pete knows it. Right, right. So, so it's like the important thing in a city isn't the buildings or the the, the physical things. It's it's the people. It's who you meet the there. City. Yeah. It's why he's it's why he's giving Kermit free soup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. You know, you can't lose with a reflexive property. Reflexive property. Remind me what that it's a, it's is. It's a, a A equals A. A equals A, yeah. Oh yeah, peoples equals peoples. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's <laughs> that's what this speech is all about. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's actually it's actually pretty good. Um I had a I worked with somebody who told me that his grandmother who was from poland liked to say all kinds people make world which i always felt like is kind of in the same neighborhood as just like a a very simple way of saying like you know it's it's people people are important i i used to watch this movie all the time my junior year of uh college with my roommate um who's still one of my very best friends and we just loved quoting this over and over and my father um is uh, is Greek and his nickname is Pete. It's not his real name. Same as mm-hmm. my real name isn't is also not Peter. Um, it's one of those you know, kind of anglicized, not really translations, but just sort of like, ah, eh, your name starts with P and it's got too many letters. We'll call you Pete. <laughs> sure. But uh, and he's and he's got a pretty pretty thick accent. So he always used to, you know, we always used to joke about my dad in this way. And then one time, I'm hanging out with my friend. And my father is, you know, he's pontificating and he goes, people. And we just sit there and we just, we wait for it. He goes, our people. And it was just like, we were so close. <laughs> <laughs> we were so close. He oh, that's so him. good. So it was, it was like, it was 15 years after we had lived together. It was a beautiful moment. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So that, like, did you sort of, when you, watch this movie as a kid did you sort of feel an attachment to pete a little bit and i fully believed that the actor was greek based on certain pronunciations of his it's not in this scene i always conflate the is bears is chickens and things with belonging in this speech but later on in the movie he goes he's writing to everybody to come back that you know they they've um they're, they're gonna find kermit and uh and it's time to put on the show. And I think he goes, you know, deer, frogs, and seekins and things. Um, and it's that for chickens instead of the CH sound. Mm. There is no CH sound in Greek. There is no SH sound. There is no J sound or J sound. And even though he does call Jenny Jenny with a hard J, he, um, the way that he said seekins always made me think like this guy is legitimately huh. Greek. He he comes off as very Greek, right? But it turns out that um, uh, is it Zorich? I always thought it was Zorich, but I don't. Probably, yeah, it's probably. Zorich. I always I always get it wrong. If there's a way to say an actor's name wrong, I always pick the no, wrong. No, well, I, yeah, I said Zorich, but it's probably Zorich. I don't know. But he turns out that he is um, his parents were Croatian immigrants, hmm. and I I actually looked it up after this. You know, in preparation for this, and there is a hard ch sound in Croatian, but he's married to Olympia yeah. Dukakis, right? Right, who is famously Greek, of course, famously oh. Greek, right? And so I'm sure that he picked that little 
uh, that little snippet up somewhere in, uh, you know, a Thanksgiving dinner with some in-laws or, or something, or maybe she was reading over his shoulder and said, you know, he wouldn't say chickens. <laughs> Yeah, and well, and she, and they've been married for like over twenty years at this point. At that too. point, yeah, they've been married. Yeah. They got married at some point in the in the sixties. So in the 60s, I, yeah, I always, you know, I bought into that because I, um, uh, you know, the, there are performances of people who are supposed to be Greek in other movies. I mean, my big fat Greek wedding, God love Lady Kazan, but like she does not try to do the accent. <laughs> right, right. Um, so. So I, I'm sensitive to that, and I, I couldn't believe when I eventually found out that he wasn't. It's a, uh, it's very convincing. Yeah, he really went for the, the authentic accent. Um, I'm wondering if we need to explain who Olympia Dukakis is, but I guess anyone who doesn't know her by name is probably not going to know her if we say, "Oh, she's in Moonstruck." So I guess you can look her up, but she's uh, actually she's still with us. I believe so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he so, passed away a couple of years ago. They were right. married until he died. Yeah, right? that's that's really nice. Yeah, um, Olympia Dukakis but, also a, a great actress. Steel yeah. Magnolias. Yes, I mean, yes. she was a she was a, in a lot Jane, of things. Jane Austen's Mafia. Oh yeah, I remember that loving 90s, that when I saw it. Classic nineties spoof. Yeah, I haven't seen it since it was in the theater, but I loved it. The, yeah, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's not very good, but I I did too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Re- related related to presidential hopeful Michael Dukakis. Yeah, remind me, they're like she's she's like their first cousins or something. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, first mm-hmm. cousin. Wow. <laughs> um. So yeah, so we love Pete and we love uh, <laughs> Louis Sorich and Olympia Dukakis. Uh. Yeah. So actually, our our clip kind of ends right there. It's really perfect timing. You know, we, we like to joke when a clip ends right in the middle of a line of dialogue, but um, we have just enough time for Kermit to sort of sit there for a second and absorb what Pete has just said. And he says, yeah, yeah, thanks. That helped a lot. Well, and he, and he does a sheesh face, which is yeah, great. Yeah, he does he's that doing like, a little scrunchy face. And that that's the thing yeah. where he turns down his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That's the end of the clip. So. Yeah, like I, you know, I think it's a little funny because Kermit's like, "You're really weird," and I'm just like, "You're a talking frog." So <laughs> it's true, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. So, and you're broke, so you know. How about thank you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he does say thank you. He oh, does he say genuine. thank you? Okay. He well, says okay. thanks. That helped a lot. Yeah. Oh, he does. He, he says it's well, being sarcastic. I think. Yeah, I don't know if that's really sincere. <laughs> he says. Get out of here, Pete. I don't want your Yankee bean soup. <laughs> yeah. Or your spoon. He says, I'm yeah, condemning keep... this place because of the rats. You can keep your spoon. Well, the and rats aren't there yet. Pete... Well, no, there is one rat. So, yeah, that's one that rat. Be enough for the health inspector. Mm-hmm. And then Pete shoves this. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. In, the, in New York in the 80s, we didn't have the, the grading system yet. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, there were no. A, B, or C grades in the windows of every restaurant. Um, I'm trying to remember the details. This, this, I don't think is too specific, like inside New York, but um, there was, remember Peter, there was a, it was by the West 4th Street subway station. There was, I think, a KFC that was found to have rats, like, <laughs> all over it. I do. I this made national Taco news, Bell. though. By the way, you could find this in national. I thought it was news. a Taco Bell. Maybe it was a Taco Bell. <laughs> That's what I was trying to remember. If it was a KFC or a Taco Bell or a combination, but like there were videos of 
just like inside this restaurant, there were rats just running around Everywhere. all over the, the benches, the tables, Ugh. the counters. Everywhere. Yeah. So that place got shut down in a hurry. Um, I'll look for a, a news story on that and include that yeah, in the show. We don't, That's the reality. Yeah, it's, it's not so cute when it's not Muppets who can, you know, sing and scat and make jokes. <laughs> when here in the Twin Cities, we don't have rats in our restaurants. We just have like deer walking around in <laughs> yeah. the middle of the city, you know? Like, well, a deer, well, like, that I, wouldn't be caused to shut down a restaurant. So you're lucky. That's right. Unless they go in, maybe, which they don't, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Really. If the deer take over the restaurant. Yes. You know, I know that this is anecdotal, but one of the results of, I think, less people being around during this time of coronavirus is that the rats have gotten more aggressive. Oh, I bet. You know, we were, sure. um, I took the subway last week for the first time and yes. through one of the, the doors opened and closed at some platform I wasn't getting on. And there was a rat just standing there right on the platform. You know, was he waiting and, for the uh, next train? I don't know. Maybe he was, he was connecting. Yeah. He was, he was waiting for the express. He didn't, he wasn't wearing a mask, so he couldn't get on, on the train. Ah, uh, yeah. Somebody's got to make some little tiny masks for those rats. Right. Uh, all right. So uh, before I ask you for your final thoughts, I had one more thing from the March 7th, 1983 draft of the screenplay. There is a very silly gag in the scene that was intended for a celebrity cameo. After Kermit tells Pete they're working on a Broadway show, another customer uh, sitting on a stool turns to Kermit and says, wait a minute, I heard what you said. You don't have to put this show on Broadway. I've got a barn you can use. And then he jumps up and uh, the script says he uses the floor of the coffee shop like a stage. He says, why, my sister can make the costumes and Pete can make the scenery. My brother's got an old piano we can use. There's some lights in my garage <laughs> and we can get all the neighborhood kids to sell tickets. It'll be terrific. Come on, what do you say? And then he stands with his arms and legs spread wide and he realizes that everyone in the diner is just staring at him. So he pulls out some cash and pays his bill and walks out the door saying, sorry, sorry, just an idea, just a thought. And, and then it's, the scene continues. It, it's, it's, it's Mickey Rooney, right? Like, well, that's, the ol- that's the only way that scene works. <laughs> that's that's right. my, yeah, I, I can only assume that they were thinking, you know, they were hoping that they could get Mickey Rooney for that because he was yeah. in all those old musicals that had that kind of, that kind of thing. Let's put right, on a show. Right. Yeah. yeah, it was too late to get Judy Garland, right? Right. Yeah, she yeah. died 15 years before this. Yes, yes, definitely. Her, but but spoilers for later. Her daughter was available. Oh That's yes, true. yes. That's true. Huh. Yeah. So you know, I think actually, if that had happened, it would have sort of undercut the effectiveness of Pete's speech. Yeah. So for I think sure. I'm glad it's not in here, but it would have been fun to see. And of course, Mickey Rooney did make it into a Muppet movie. He did. He has an extremely brief cameo in uh, the Muppets uh, 2011. So yes, when he was like a hundred years old, <laughs> he was 91, I think. Yeah, well, pretty close. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thought, so, any final thoughts about these minutes, Peter? I will start with you. Well, I you didn't ask me what my favorite where this ranks in my. Well, no, yeah, my... we'll, we, we'll get to that, or you can. Can, oh, that happens at the end. Okay. Yeah, no, you I can do that... it now if you want. And do you remember like the first time you saw it and watching it growing up? 
Watching this was definitely the one that I felt like was on the most growing up, and it would be the first one that I would have seen in the theater. Um, I think that I might have been like two when the Great Muppet Caper came out, um, and this was you know this was definitely I think my favorite uh, my favorite Muppet movie growing up. It has since it has that sort of nostalgia like oh I've always loved this um, kind of place in in my heart, but I having gotten older do think that that the uh muppet movie and the great muppet caper are better movies than it is um i've you know uh, they also benefit from not having piggy in a perm you know that is (laughs) you know it just doesn't work uh but um you know and like i love you know i love the songs in this i just i i love so so many things about um about the the Muppets take Manhattan. Obviously, like it also felt, you know, having grown up right outside of New York, it was just like, oh my gosh, it's here, you know, they're right yeah. there. Yeah, recognizing sure. the locations. Um so that felt uh, that felt very real and of course loving Broadway, but um Right, but, yeah, you're a big theater fan. Oh yeah. Um, and then eventually, you know, this is another spoiler for later, you know, I didn't really learn this until I was um, in my late teens, but finding out that Ronnie Crawford was played by Lonnie Price, just having come off of um, the iconic but spectacular failure of Merrily We Roll Along. Um, you know, post, he... post Merrily We Roll Along, pre-Dirty Dancing, Lonnie Price. <laughs> yes, that's sweet so... spot. Um, and you know, he goes on to have like a really big career as a, as a director. So in, uh, and, and producer in, in real life. So good on Lonnie price. He didn't let failure get him down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, and he made a documentary about the failure of Merrily. We he, along, so. he did. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get yeah, into that I, when he makes his next appearance in this movie. Uh, Anthony, any final thoughts on this clip from you? No, we covered all my notes. All right. Then with that, we will wrap things up for this week. Everyone, please make sure you check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. You can email us at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com about this clip or future clips or whatever you want to talk about. And um, I should uh, mention that our theme music is by Stacy Rosen. Our logo is by Morgan Davy. So we uh, give our thanks to them. You can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. Peter, where, if anywhere, can people find you on the internet? In Alice in Bartlett's neighborhood. Ooh. <laughs> Let's hope she's not I listening. so weird. I hope she's not listening. <laughs> That's right. No, there there is zero chance of Allison Bartlett hearing this podcast. So you can go to Tough Figs. You can go to Tough Figs and search for my name, and I think like three reviews come up from Studio DC. Um, the, you, did a, you did a couple Sesame Street seasons for. I us. did a couple During Sesame Street season ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, it turns out that the kids on Studio DC ended up having way because i went back and reread that review recently they ended up having way longer legs from a uh a longevity standpoint that i thought they were gonna so you know that's... yeah it's like it's like selena gomez and, and my apologies Cole to demi, demi lovato, lovato and Cole yeah Sp- Cole Sprouse, yeah yeah mm-hmm. who would have thought 
And, and little Zachy Efron as Miss Piggy and still calling him. <laughs> but yeah. he's not in it though, right? It's one of those weird things. No, that's where, the like, joke where like she keeps looking for little Zachy Efron. He was he was too good, too good for Studio yeah, DC. But, but Ashley Tisdale is in it. She's the 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 comic relief character from High School Musical. Shows I know, up. and I th- yeah. I thought that she was the one who would maybe go somewhere. No. Yeah, me too. I actually well, did, I did. She's, she's Candace on Phineas and Ferb. That's not nothing. Uh, no, that's not nothing. You're right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great role. I mean, the voice acting, but you know, it's a great role. Well, she's the star of the new Phineas and Ferb movie, right? Isn't that like yeah. Candace takes over yes. the world or something? Candace, Candace against the universe. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's not as it's I don't. More, more I don't Phineas and Ferb fans in my house. Right. I don't Phineas or Ferb, so I don't oh, know you what know, anybody I, is talking about. I think you would like it. I mean, and I don't know. You have kids. They. I mean, it's a hilarious show. Muppet Muppety Sensibility. I don't yeah. know, man. Check it out. I bet. I, got... I, I bet. I bet we would. Yeah. Yeah. So listeners, there's, there's, there's so much to check out. Listeners, check right, out Phineas and Ferb um, on, <laughs> on Disney Plus and on, on Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you don't mind, please give us a positive review somewhere and tell your friends about this podcast and join us next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. See you then. Goodbye. Bye-bye.